When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's back. Let's get to this. The buck stops here. <laughs> All right, let's jump in this, Kano. Look, I um, this is a little bit less one way and more conversational because the first thing I want to talk about, I mean, I noticed that I've watched the Harley Reid stuff from afar like everyone else, and I've actually listened to your comments on it, and West Coast and the West Coast media are going really hard on it. Is it any bigger than other number one draft picks, though? I don't, I don't really believe that there's any more pressure on this kid than there was on... A handful of other number one picks. Bucks, how can it just you, happens can you to be say the, that this, it just happens guy, to wait, be the most recent one? No, he's this, this the coverage of him has been extraordinary. Like, I, can you remember? Is we're up to thirty front or back pages? 30. Yeah, well, the, I think that that's that's a little bit of the media era. I, I, I mean, if he if this had happened in and and it, and I think there's recency bias as well. I'd, is it any bigger than than where how we were talking about Jason Horn Francis two years ago? In my mind, no, because oh, it, because think, it, we, because we're in the guts of it. This is this is why being a number one pick is actually really tough because yeah. you you have to be more than just a great footballer to be a success as a number one draft pick. You need to you need to have the wherewithal and the emotional regulation to be able to handle it. I think this is bigger. I, look, I, maybe it is recency bias for me, but I I don't think it's anything like the Jason Horn Francis coverage, and he's had to deal with it. Right throughout the year, I remember writing an article for the A's during the year saying that he he should refuse to go to West Coast. There, then there was the mm. Sam McClure piece. Then there was are they trading pick one? Are they going to get a suite of picks for it? Should they hold him? Should they take him? They take him. And then since he's been there, every person associated with the Eagles that he's up in front of the media is asked about him. Those answers are turned into front and back page stories. I, well, I, I look, I, I feel a bit. And, and once again, it's no one's fault, as I've said, because clearly that's the appetite and that's what we want to read about. Otherwise, yeah. the news outlets wouldn't print it and uh, they're not going to print stuff that people aren't interested in. So there's no fault. There's no blame. There's no blame on Harley. There's no blame on his management. There's certainly no br- blame on the press. But it is a t- it is a really tough start for him. It is, but... but- I mean, I've I've lived this not yeah, as a seven, not as a seventeen eighteen year old, but as a twenty year old. I've lived it. I know what it know what it's like to be in this position. So, some characters will just put their head down, and footy's all that matters, and they'll and they'll just grind their way through it. Others will struggle. 
the the guys that I sort of like, I think back to Matt Rowell in '19. Like he he there was big raps on him. Remembered coming in and changing things, and he his first six games were as good as any. But mm. he's he's we've we've allowed him to find his level, and his best football is ahead of him. Tom Scully back in '09, like he's the the. The um the raps on him were huge. He was going to revolutionise the game with his running and the way they went. Now he didn't quite make that level. Played at three clubs in the end. Mm. Uh, Tom Boyd was one. Uh, he trained with us as a as an under sixteen as a young kid that was going through the AIS, and he trained with us and he looked amazing. But we that once again, it's more that more than size and strength. And he has spoken bravely about his challenges and his mental state. And I've got no doubt that part of where he got to was the pressure that, you know, we're putting a Harley Reid through. That, it's not the media's fault because you're just, mm. you're just talking about issues in the game. And, but we do build up young players to a level that not all of them can reach. And Has that, he landed and, and, in the worst spot? Is he, is he landed in? Maybe. Because they're looking for any glimmer of positivity and it's going to be tough. So compare that to Nick Dacos. Now, the scrutiny on Nick is huge. But it's nothing like what's on Harley Reid. I, I said it last week, Nick Dacos, how many times is he on the back page of the paper? A couple of times a year? This guy's been on the back page 30 times and he hasn't played a game yet. And we can focus on other issues with Collingwood and the players around him and the support staff. And, and the Craig success. McCray and what he's done. And the, and the success, success helps. And, and when you come in and so he's land, has he landed in the worst spot possible well, for him? Yes, number one picks do land in the worst spot possible. Not, not, always, generally, not always. Generally, they're teams that are the last... <laughs> That finished last last year, but not all of them are, are um, as not. In, I was going to say institutionally bad, but West Coast's last couple of years have been tragic. So yes, he's walking into that. They've got a um, a success, a, a a club that's used to success, that have been starved of it, and now you become you're looking to cling to something that's going to be the difference between last year and next. And quite often, it's a young talent. And, mm. it, and on this instance, it happens to be Harley Reid. I just, I just thought a little bit of perspective. I, I, I do think we've built it up, but I don't think we've built it up uh, any more than most number one picks. Uh, it, it, there has, it has got its own circumstances, but I reckon there's some recency bias in mm. it. So that's number one. Number two for me is, and I just, just realised and um, looked on the uh, SEN website that you've wrapped Sydney up and that you think they're stacked. Well, I agree. I think Adams and Grundy, uh, Taylor Adams and Brodie Grundy are going to... I mean, Sydney were a grand finalist a couple of years ago. I, I expect them to get back up top four um, very easy, Not easily, but, mm. but, but quite clearly be a top four side. And I think they're probably, you know, Collingwood and Brisbane's greatest challenger yeah. for, for, grand, for, for breaking that grand final um, duo from last year. I think what it'll do is it'll add grunt to the inside. Adams and Grundy come in, they add grunt to the inside. So does Jordan, who played like nearly exclusively on the wing, but he's, I reckon he's an inside midfielder, so he adds to that depth. Parker becomes now a player who can go out in his, in his um, you know, retirement years, I suppose, the yeah. next couple of years, play forward, play back, play where they're needed. Goulden and Warner go a little bit, you know, maybe a, a metre or two outside of the in, the inside sort of hustle and bustle and, and can have the ball brought out to them rather than going mm. in and getting it. They can both do that, but I think they're better using their legs on the outside. I, I just think that Sydney have built this list over a long period of time. They were young a couple of years ago when they had a crack. They've had that, that challenge of coming up and they've gone 
they've mm. dropped away, but I, I, but I expect them to be a real what handful you, for everyone this year. What do you notice from the coach? Um, uh, it was an insight into you know th- them going with Mills as captain. There was pressure from outside. Okay, w- what happened in Mad Monday? Mm. Does that cost him a leadership position? Well, not only did it not cost him a leadership position, they've gone, nah, you're the guy. You're, you're our main guy. So I just think John Longmire and his leadership and he just knows his team and himself so well. If he's not the best coach in the league for me, he's, he's in the top three. What do you notice from him and what he does well? And is that one of the reasons you, you, you're banking on them to be successful this oh, I year? Think he's, I think he's one of the most consistent people in footy. And that's, yeah. a, and that's an important trait of leaders is to be consistent. He's, um, yeah, he's a country boy that came up and played really well you know, six, in a successful era at North Melbourne. Um, but I've, I've admired the way that he's carried himself. I think Sydney as an organisation, um, they're, they're, as, they're an egoless organisation and they spread the load. They bring in people who are good at their jobs and they let them do what they're good at. And I think that um, I think they're in great hands. Um, I lo- one to watch too. I love that. I love Sheldrick as a, as a player, mm. that young kid. We saw a little glimpse of him. He's still only twenty now, but I th- I think he's going to be a legitimate gun of the competition in the next three or four years. So I'd, I'd expect him to come through, and they just keep bringing him through, don't they? Yeah, you know, Campbell, well, Gordon. We see, like see the academy kids that have come through, and they've but they've made the most of their competitive advantages, and mm. all credit to them. What I like is the mix of, of youth and experience, and their youth has now got three, four, five seasons under their belt. They're not first, second year players. They're, you know, Gordon, I think, since year three, and Warner would be similar. Logan McDonald's been around for a while. So that youth, there's McInerney, there's leg speed, but then there's the experience to, to guide them through. So the demographic of their list is good. Uh, what's your last one? The last one is I'm going to read out three. Um, three pairs to you, and I want you to tell me where, where I might be going with it. Brady and Belichick, mm-hmm. Hodge and Clarkson, Selwood and Scott. Where am oh, I going? Great leaders, both captain and coach. And what happened with Bra- when Brady left? What what did we? What was the view of Belichick? That he can't win without Brady. When Hodge left, what happened with Clarko? Well, they haven't. They didn't win in September anymore. No. And um, I reckon the, the the departure of Joel Selwood, um, we discussed it a little bit, but I think yeah. it's only been twelve months. But I just think that there's certain, and I think I think this way with with Pendlebury and Collingwood a little bit that the Collingwood's biggest challenge is going to be when Pendle steps out or he, fi- he finishes, and maybe even a still side, but mainly Pendles. But I I just wonder what what this year is going to look like for Geelong. I think you, I, I saw. Are you I saw them suggesting that Chris Scott can't win without. No, Saul. no, no. I'm not. But I'm saying that I think that it's probably at Geelong. It's going to be tough for Chris Scott, but also for 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 Geelong. I think we underestimated the loss of Joel Selwood. If he could ever do that, mm. and I think it was compounded by Cam Guthrie pretty much not playing at all through the year. But he's still his presence is at the club. I think if Cam Guthrie has a good year next year, I think Geelong can buffer it a little bit. But I don't think you can ever replace a, a, a player, a character, a drive, an ambition, a competitiveness. And maybe Vossi, like I'm not saying yeah. Voss and Lee Matthews, but I, I, I think it, it takes a whole a whole heap of elements to bring a successful team together. But there's 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 a special source, and I think it invariably is in an on-field leader who brings a grunt and a desire and a will 
And, and I just remember when, when Geelong ran out in the field in round one, there was like danger was leading them and there was mm. smiles on their faces. Was, and yeah. I, I just thought, wow, it's not, that's, that's an, an immediate contrast to Joel Selwood. Now you can't try and be Joel Selwood, but I think you miss, you miss that drive and energy. And, and, I, and I'd be fascinated to see where Geelong go this year. Even even twelve months down the track, because I think they'll they it'll, it's hard to replace. It's impossible to replace, and I think that I think there's still some pain for them before they mm. they turn around. How much is it just where they're at? Like it just eventually it catches up with yeah. you. And how much? So you got do you put weight on that as well, or is you you think it's largely their struggles down to the absence of Selwood? No, I think no. Everyone has their time. And and but I think Geelong have Geelong. Have, I've always thought they've had competitive advantages, as we've spoken about Sydney mm. with their home ground. And I think they'll they'll they can maximise that again and the shape of the ground. And but I, and I think they're a great, well-run organisation also. But I, yeah, I, I you I know that you've mentioned you think Chris Scott will go to um, Brisbane and be Brisbane's next coach, and that's. That's a big call, given that, and he may well be, but Chris Fagan's been excellent for that for that club and been so consistent for them. But um, maybe, 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 it's maybe time. yeah, I think the clubs have their time, coaches have their time, and and that might, but you might be on the ball there in regards to to moving at some point yeah. in, the, in the near future. Yeah. So, uh, the market expectation is that Geelong win eleven and a half games this is year. This your market? Won. No, this is just the, the uh, I guess where the 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 average person that bets yeah, on yeah. football, I guess, sees yeah. the market. They won 10 last year with a draw. They play nine games at home. Would you be thinking they win over or under 11 and a half? So do they get to 12 wins? I don't think, I don't see them as a finals team. I think they've got the scope to, to be as low as eight wins. And I think their highest is about 12. Yeah, I, I think that's where I'd have them. So right. I, So on the balance of that, I'd have them as an under. As an under, all right. What do you think about that? Which One, is which is a big call given their home games. It is a big and the, nine... and the quality of their, of their coach and and you know, the, the the pride of their experienced players. You just came in. You said you're not going to make the big calls, and you just dropped that Have ass. I? Yeah, it's brilliant. You said you want to temper it down. I, I love it. Well, I just I just think it's, it's just so hard to replace. Like it, it's and it's not the talent level on field. It's the it's yeah. the. It's the absolute drive and ambition. It's the ability to pull everyone together. And Can't I, measure it. No, it's, it's, it's very hard to do. But, uh, yeah, watch this space.